0: DTS 88, the brand new Vidoc was awesome, and getting a behind the scenes look from the audio stream was pretty rad. Oh, yeah, Pirate Queen, she's coming back.
1: listening to destiny the show what's
0: up everybody my name is bbk dragoon welcome to destiny the show joined as always by my great co-host
1: diddy how are you man doing awesome this whole past week was raining in Texas and my car loves to flood on the passenger side floorboard. Ooh, I'm sorry. Uh, so uh, so I added a covered parking spot to my lease. <laughs> ah, so, that was a um, good idea. Yeah, so I had to do that. Uh, but it's beautiful weather now. I expect it to be good the whole week, so that's going to be nice. It waited just for you to have that extra bill added to your your monthly rent <laughs> before the sun came out again. Yeah, what'd exactly. You, what'd you play this week? Destiny, all Destiny. I've been on the Destiny grind for a couple weeks now. Um, I actually did a lot of Crucible because, uh, oh, not just Crucible. I also leveled my new Monarchy faction up to level 25. Nice. I bought like 300 heavy ammo synths just to get the last couple levels. Um, Oh, my gosh. And, uh, yeah, I'm doing the new Monarchy exotic class item quest now on my Hunter. So that's going to be awesome. That's what I like to hear, joining the right faction, (laughs) the only
0: faction and you enjoyed your destiny. Well, crucible stuff. You were playing threes or
1: sixes or both? Just uh, skirmish. Um, ah, threes. That's, yes. that's my go to playlist every Such single time. Such a good playlist, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I also extended the invitation out to my Xbox or our Xbox fans um, on the Bungie Clan page, DTS Clan page plug, um, to send me a message and um, to BD Diddy, Gamertag, and uh, we can play some crucible or raids sometime.
0: Very good. Oh, dude, spring update hype. This week, I am divisioned. I know a lot of people, (laughs) our listeners, are divisioning. So at the very end of today's show, I want to talk about my experience with the division. I got to level 30. I'm just now doing Dark Zone stuff. Takes a little bit of time uh, to get to level 30. It took me about 23 hours in total, so I grinded really hard at night, (laughs) like Mm. when you work full-time. And I also, yesterday, with it being Saturday, we record on Sundays, by the way, had this like 11 hour workday meeting we had this giant like Gross. what do we want the company to look like in the future <laughs> meeting started at 7 a.m went until 6 p.m and so last night i got home i'm like oh man i got a dark zone played for 30 minutes i was just so tired i'm like can't do it go to bed <laughs> <laughs> but i will i need to get dts footage so i know i'm gonna be playing some skirm and i'll probably be night falling i've just been night falling like pretty consistently now for a month or so
1: i did do a nightfall with uh I'm sorry, I forget the fan's name. He he joined me and Castash. Um and it was the Shank boss. So it was super difficult. This nightfall was actually the first time I have legitimately done the War set mm. at the beginning of that strike. That uh, is such an annoying part. <laughs> it was really difficult. Um I actually switched to Blade Dancer for the first time since house of wolves <laughs> throwback um, just for the camo and uh, we found out if you just shoot the ship's cannons until they die yeah it makes it so much easier huh. those ships hurt really hard
0: i haven't done the under the map thing in a long time is that still it's possible patched. it should okay. be patched yeah yeah it's been a long time since <laughs> i remember seeing those strats dude the audio stream was so cool so was the <sighs> bidoc let's awesome. talk about the news So we had our Bungie audio stream this previous Wednesday, and I gotta say, I loved this stream. Before we get into the details of the ViDoc and recapping what was said during the audio stream, huge shout-out to Deej. We were talking in the (laughs) pre-show. Deej wears a lot of hats for Bungie, and I don't think he always gets the thankfulness or appreciation that he deserves. There's a lot of community managers for games. But Deej writes the weekly update, goes on these streams. He's the front runner at the E3s, at the game demo presentation things. And for these streams, he's always front running, like guiding the topic and the conversation. I'm just really impressed by his charisma in front of the camera. You could have the best community manager ever who writes the greatest updates of all time, but that doesn't mean he's going to be comfortable in front of the camera. He just does a lot for the company. And hopefully that rings out true with a lot of our listeners as well. All right, ViDoc, dude.
1: Absolutely. You loved it. I loved it. This is what we've been waiting for. Like, exactly, right? Yeah. And uh, I think a couple weeks ago, we talked about what to expect. And I didn't expect any new content. I expected a behind-the-scenes look at the audio team, which would make sense. And that's what we got. And Mm -hmm. it was so cool. That's what I want to do with my life. That's that's the job I want. Like w- the first couple seconds that dude walking with the microphone in the stream with the backpack. He's just standing there recording water or nature sounds. Or I like, guns. I want that job. Like you get to go to a military base in Nevada and just shoot guns and record the audio. Lots and, of oh, guns. So cool. I want to do that.
0: And seeing how they're all layered together. This was the -the behind-the-scenes look that we've been asking for. In previous Mm -hmm. shows, we've mentioned, hey, Bungie, we'd love to see more of these Vidocs and see more of the creative process. We got a glimpse of the actual tools, not only the audio studio where they're putting and layering sounds together and getting the -the behind-the-scenes look of, hey, this gun, one of the backbone sounds is this real-life weapon right here or the way that the Vex,
1: when they move on the floor, what was the sound for that? Do you remember It was this really big piece of machinery punching sheet metal.
0: So interesting. But the audio engine tool. So the game itself has a limited amount of uh, processing that whatever platform you're on can use. And part of that processing load goes towards what audio plays and when it plays. It can't play like 80 different sounds at once. So if you've got a billion projectiles on the screen, the audio engine needs to pick which sounds do we prioritize. Diddy, could you talk a bit about how they determine this and what it looked like on their
1: screens and their tools? so they explain this in the Vidoc, but if you see any text any thing in the destiny engine that produces sound has a sound effect associated with it and it's um, det- uh, shown depicted by uh, the file name on screen and it's in blue say I'm su- shooting my Soros regime those bullets are going to have the um, their their sound effect title flying through the space of destiny and If there's a bunch of things in the environment They will turn off a couple things just to make sure the audio balance is right and those are depicted by yellow um, text bars flying across and it's just And it's really interesting because um, you'll see uh, they go into the Oryx mission um, in the the Taken King. And you can see Oryx flying and there's a bunch of text boxes next to him. There's enemies all around him and there's text boxes over them. So you can actually see, oh, that sound effects source is that Taken Knight over there. And you can see the sound effects associated with that. Footsteps, um, his roar or whatever. And it was just really, really cool to see all the different pieces that go into making a level in Destiny or just j- running through Mars Patrol. It was so cool. Seeing also the tools and the testers, we never
0: get a chance to look at the engine. This was the first time we've gotten to see some of their test play spaces. So sometimes when they're showing like 80 projectiles shooting at this one character, you can tell it's a test room. It's just an empty play space where they've got a sandbox, almost like Forge, and they can drop stuff in. Additionally, what did you think about the amount of Crota's end footage stuff that we were seeing? The guy was using Abyss Defiant. There was certainly an emphasis on moon-based areas. I'm wondering, could this be a subtle plug for what we think the spring update will be challenge <laughs> modes for the previous
1: raids? It definitely could be. Um, it could also be that just happens to be when they shot the footage <laughs> for the behind that, the scenes of the other team. That um, is true. Because the production quality of that Vidoc is really good so I don't know, you work in the making videos industry. How long does it usually take to produce something like that? It depends on
0: the size of the team and scope. I can tell you that this is definitely multiple people on each of the shoots because they have sliders. That means they've got little dolly shots going on. They had some gimbal shots where the camera's on like a little crane arm type deal. But we know this is a long process for them and that Bungie has been shooting footage for a while because you had Bill Nye in the... Did I say his last name right? I have no idea. (laughs) But you had a lot of the voice actors in the studio actually recording their lines. And we know that has to be you know, four or five years ago when those mm-hmm. lines of dialogue were being recorded. So some of this footage is definitely old. I'd like to say that the guy using the Abyss Defiant is this kind of shout out and maybe we're going to be doing Crotozen challenge mode, but I think you could be 100% correct that, hey, the moon is a really pretty space and this was when we actually shot this stuff was around the time Crota's happened. So...
1: It- yeah, I forget his name, the head of audio. Um, oh, I got he, it right
0: here. C Paul Johnson, Bungie's yeah, audio. He's the audio director.
1: director, the audio, the head of audio. He was talking about how C Paul Johnson coming in to compose music for um, specifically the moon. Uh, he's like he got a little bit of this going on. He did the hands in the air. I um, mean, he oh, it, yeah. it shoots to the moon mission <laughs> and it's like, boom, like EDM style. It was really Marilyn cool. <laughs> Manson rave line. Yeah. Was
0: that what it was? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, dude. This, oh, and the guy who actually had the synth stack when he was creating VEX mm-hmm. noises, he was using a modular synthesizer. So, you can actually go out and buy modular synth racks. Like, they're really cheap on eBay and it's so cool. Normally, you would be using this kind of stuff to create, well, you know, if you go check out dead mouse he's got huge modular synthrax. racks what you think about the guy who is using the bow on the xylophone
1: uh, not a xylophone vibraphone, vibraphone actually thank you and apologies that is one of the techniques I actually used in my Halo 4 um, arrangement for percussion ensemble Solis. Evan Bueller is the guy's name the sound designer by the way oh there he was go. doing the bow on that so you've used that before I have used that technique and as soon as I saw that I'm like oh yeah I know how to do that. And he's like, I'm using a, that's a cello bow. I knew exactly what he was doing. Um, But it's actually really interesting because as a percussionist and thinking about sound design, you can do so many different things with literally anything because percussion is all about hitting something. In this case, it was um, bowing something. And there's a a clip of him actually bowing um, a, a bicycle's tire spokes. Um, That would produce something uh, very metallic, screeching sound. Um, Whoa. And it's just like, when I do these percussion arrangements, like the Halo 4, whatever, uh, that I did, you have to think about, how do they produce that sound? I know I don't have that equipment, but how can I recreate that? Um, Specifically for the Halo 4 one, they have something called a hang drum in that Mm -hmm. particular piece, and I'm like, I don't have access to a hang drum, but there's a steel drum and I can use my fingers. that's pretty close. So, uh, I think... Seeing all the different techniques is really cool. Nathan Fillion hype.
0: <laughs> Dude, he should just do everything. The last thing I'll mention was kind of the feedback, the guitar amp pedal, that when he'd bring it near electronic goods, it would create that feedback noise. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was it was so fun. I love watching audio people, whether it's Foley. Anytime that's like a Foley behind the scenes, you're like, I really want that job. I really <laughs> want to go into a studio and like crack celery over my knee while I'm chewing gum. And then it turns into like the sound of a motor. You know, all right. So that was the first 15 minutes. If you guys haven't seen the Vidoc, just go watch it. Don't even listen to the rest of the podcast. Just just go watch it right now and then come back and listen to the rest of the podcast. After the Vidoc, they cut to uh, I think it was like 45 minutes worth of stream in which we had C. Paul Johnson, Bungie's audio director, alongside Morla Gorondona, the voice of Eris Morn and Kirsten Potter, who's the voice of Marasov, and CJ Cowan, the creative story lead. They were all there with Deej, and it was just a 45-minute session where they talked about some of the audio design choices. We got a few Easter eggs, a few peeks ahead, uh, learned about mainly acting stuff, mainly how the actors do mocap, prepare for the roles, how the roles changed, how they keep their voices fresh. I've took a bunch of notes on it, and I'd like to just go through some of the highlights with Diddy if you guys are cool with that. If not, again, Planet Destiny did a highlight video that's about 30 minutes long. It'll be linked on our website. Shout-outs to them because it was a good way to see the stream without spending 45 minutes. You could just watch 30 minutes instead. So I will say this. Diddy, you remember me complaining about this, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The audio quality for the stream (laughs) there was a huge discrepancy between the vidoc which is very polished nice sounding and then it cuts to the studio where everybody's wearing lav mics those are like little clip-on mics and there it's just kind of low volume there's no what we call a compressor so for diddy and i right now if i were to yell really loud or make a noise that's super loud and would cause normally the mic to clip which is when you get that feedback or distortion A compressor smoothly rolls off those giant peaks so that if I make a really loud noise, like I laugh or I yell, it doesn't clip and make this nasty sound. The compressor itself removes it nicely and ensures that doesn't happen. They had no compressor on the mic, so when somebody would laugh or make a loud noise, it would just and crap up the audio, Mm -hmm. and it just was not that great. So I will say, dear Bungie, audio stream people, or just excuse me, the stream team, Get yourself a compressor and get yourself a multiband dynamics rack. This is stuff that even Twitch streamers are using. The compressor will give you a nicer, more uniform volume. That multiband dynamics will give you a little bit louder for everybody because it's just, I hate it when we're watching a stream about audio and you've <laughs> got guys who are professionals, exceptional audio masters and designers, and you've got just basic lavalier micing problems going on
1: With such talent there It's the best example of irony you could ever see It is and I
0: complained (laughs) about it last Week and I'm going to complain about it this week Just tweet me Bungie or tweet like Some of the people who stream or make videos In the community we could like recommend something That won't cost a lot that'll make the Sound a lot nicer So Morla Gorondora we found out was Not just the voice of Eris Morn She also voiced Omnigol and The Death Singer song which I thought was Pretty cool Mm -hmm. like That scream that's her, dude.
1: <laughs> yeah, she even mentioned before she was cast as the voice of Eris, she was doing like thrall voices, wizard yeah. voices, all the different kinds of uh, she did a enemies. There's like the different screams, you know, you would have the actors come in do those different kinds of things. And it just made sense. Oh, we have a hive themed character coming in. You want to try and voice her? Yeah, absolutely. I wonder how you act off one another.
0: Okay, now you scream like Omnigal, and now you do a <laughs> Linus Eris. Bring me the eyes. <laughs> Kirsten Potter is just Marasov, but it was interesting to hear about her character development. Marasov initially was a more sassy character with a deeper voice. Uh, she had a blade, and it was referred to as a pirate queen, and that was the original incarnation of the character. But they called Kirsten Potter back after they did a lot of rewrites and changes about you know how they wanted the story to actually go. And the queen we know now today was a bit higher pitched. Uh, she was told to be a bit more feminine, more soft. And I think it was C. Paul Johnson. No, C.J. Cowan, who told us that uh, the queen is on a journey and that this is the beginning and that eventually we'll see that lower, deeper voice pirate queen and that the character of the queen is going to progress and change. And even said, I am maybe spoiling Destiny like
1: 2020 when doing this, but Mara is coming back, not dead, <laughs> yo. Yes. I, and I think it's really interesting. If you go back and watch the first um, cutscene with the queen, mm-hmm. it's very soft, very reserved, very feminine, like, like they yeah. wrote. And then if you look at the Taken King intro cinematic, it's way more the direction that she's headed. So uh, even then in that timeline, that time frame, there's been some changes and you can definitely tell. At the end of the dialogue of that Taken King initial cutscene
0: where all of the Awoken get basically glassed by that huge firing shot from the Dreadnought, Mm -hmm. it's interesting. The voiceover of the Queen says, this is all according to plan. So I'm really wondering what was going on in that situation and how she's going to come back, if she'll be friendly, if she's going to be an enemy to us. I love that character. And so it was... Cool to see that they have a long-term plan in mind. By the way, C.J. Cowan, uh, the other guy on the far right side of the screen on the couch, is the creative story lead, and he is the head of the story team, which is a new team. And over the last year, he mentioned that they've been hiring a lot of writers and producers. And the story team's job, he said, is to make sure that at Bungie's studio of 700, the story team makes sure that all of the subset teams are telling the story, telling the same story, and on the same page. When he said a studio of 700, I was like, "Dude, dang, that's a lot of folks." I I don't know if that's 700 in house because if it is, they have to
1: have a lot of building space. Yeah, I think it is 700 because just as a side note, I've been following Marty O'Donnell's career, and he works mm-hmm. for Highwire Games now. Yeah, um, he he did an AMA on Reddit uh, in the Highwire subreddit, and he's like. Someone asked him, you know, how does it feel to be working at a smaller studio? And he's like, well, at Bungie, I hear they have about 700 people. So at Bungie, Mm. I would have been one of 700 people. Yeah. (laughs) Now I'm one of nine. Um, So it's like, yeah, I I knew that they had 700 people coming in. So I think it is in-house. Yeah. But still, that's a huge studio. That's a lot of people,
0: dude. And we know that they're hiring out some of the work to other studios. I can't remember. Is it High Moon or something like that we've talked about before mm-hmm. where they've got other folks producing assets for them, which is pretty common these days for the large AAA stuff. Did you know that the voice actors actually did motion capture? Because I had no clue. I did not know that. That was pretty rad. So if you were Kirsten Potter, as Marosov you had to put on the good old spandex with the little reflective light balls and actually act out those scenes. Who knew? That's pretty cool. It's changing. And they mentioned that as stage actors, the, the people who do voice work in Destiny who have a stage actor background or visual performance background did well in the mocap situations because they knew to like how to
1: telegraph motion and emotion with their bodies, right? I think it's also good to mention that Bungie actually records this stuff in-house. So they have a booth recording studio inside Bungie HQ. Um, and they re- these recording sessions, they began about four to five years ago, and the stage actors... Like you said, they know how to to present themselves. And it kind of makes sense that the voice actors are actually doing the uh, motion capture as well because they know the tone that they want to, the character to, um, to speak at, and they can use their bodies um, to best and perfectly um, recreate that in the motion capture. They also do the dynamic dialogue, so every character has very large banks of lines. And they yes. can tell you... Um, where you are in the story you know class race time of day just different dynamic pieces of dialogue depending on the player you what you're doing in in the tower or in the universe that's crazy to me that time of day is one of the the factors that
0: they can put into this dynamic dialogue situation so after you completed you know king's fall The dialogue you're going to get from Eris is going to be different than somebody who's just first arrived at the tower. And we've noticed this over time. I still, every once in a while, will get a line of dialogue that, while I'm in the tower. I'm like, I don't think I've ever heard that before, (laughs) which is amazing to me. But time of day or weather or all these different factors, what an interesting system that keeps that tower space feeling fresh. And I'm sure there's a lot of potential with games on next gen that don't have to be on 360 PS3 where they can make use of this more, right? Right. Deej also mentioned cut content, just a short little side note saying they work on a lot of stuff but it's a similar process to somebody who's written an essay. You go through editing and you try and present what you feel like the best bits are. If something isn't up to caliber, it doesn't always make it there. So I thought that was just a nice little hat tip. It's not the Dear Activision, you jerks made them cut copy pasta out stuff for Dark Below House of Wolves, but rather typical game development or any creative process where, yes, you might work on a much wider berth of things, but we try and present our best work. And if it doesn't make the cut, they have the ability to say, that's not good right now. We're going to work and make it better.
1: Yeah. And even though we say cut content, it doesn't mean that they just uh, control A, delete all those files. You know, it's like <laughs> they can br- they can take it back into their studio and be like, okay, we have this idea of a darkness zone in vanilla yeah. Destiny, but... It didn't really work at the time, so we're just not going to release, you know, we're not going to give the players something that's unsatisfactory in our terms. So we're going to take it back, going to revamp it, and send it back out once it's fully polished. Blizzard worked on Titan for a freaking long time. We're talking
0: over five years, and they never could get it up to their quality and standard. And so that's when Overwatch became their next project. That was the continuation of them finally just saying, Titan is not something that meets our level of polish, and it's not meeting our expectations, so we're just going to move along to something new. I don't know if you knew that, by the way. Did you, I, do you know like titan was supposed to be
1: the follow-up to wow i think basically. i heard something about that yeah um and that also reminded me um lionhead studios who made fable that series uh-huh. they yes they oh out of business i know so fable, fable legends, legends was supposed canceled. to come out
0: like soon
1: right yeah it was supposed to be like next year or something or the end of this no year. no no, no it was, it, i think it was in a few months right wow i did i I'll, didn't know I'll it was that it up. soon i'll pull but it up because they, they've
0: had betas for that again like name some
1: you you love fable right fable one is is like the greatest X original Xbox game ever. And that's saying Halo CE was on the original Xbox. Um, I think they're both number one in both of their categories. I still play Fable Anniversary. I have it on the Xbox 360. I did a whole YouTube series about it. Um, so it's really disappointing that Fable Legends, but these things happen in the gaming industry. You know, Content is cut because um, monetary needs or um, the gameplay is just not there. Yeah, it was set to be, um, like, go
0: live. They changed it to a free-to-play model back in, like, February of last year. But it was supposed to co- be coming out, like, first or second quarter of this year. So, to, to have that studio shut down and the game just, oh, man. I, I hate when people lose their jobs. That's a bummer. But other than the audio stream, I think the last two highlights was each session that they do when they're recording, like, a thousand lines of dialogue. It's four-hour-long sessions, and they get a 15-minute break every hour. I'm sure they do multiple sessions with these big characters. And the big takeaway, Queen is not dead, yo. Queen is not dead. Coming back. Coming back. The only thing that was housed in this week at Bungie, outside of what we just talked about with the audio stream stuff, is the Bungie bounty is going to be streamed on Monday, March 14th, which unless this podcast comes out early Monday. You guys are probably, it's over by now, but 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. You guys know how the Bungie Bounties work. It's Team Resolute. Yo, it's the clan Resolute. And if you can beat them, best of luck. They're going to be bringing some redonkulously good PvPers, probably True Vanguard, Mesa Sean, maybe M-Tashed. I don't know who's going to be on their squad, but if you can beat them, this is a very prestigious week because that'll be a feat. Best of luck to those who competed or not.
1: All or right. PlayStation, by the way. Oh, PS4, in case that's you're right. wondering. Yeah.
0: Yep. They always are. I don't think they've... Have they done
1: an X1 bounty? They've done a couple on Xbox, yep. Okay, thank you.
0: Uh, forum post that made me a little bit angry. I don't think anybody really saw it, but this is getting to be more typical. Deej posted on the forums on March 10th, so last week. Effective immediately in all Crucible playlists. If your matchmaking cycle lasts... Oh, scroll. Ma- uh, there we go. My page was too small. If your matchmaking cycle lasts several minutes, we've loosened a restriction that will allow you to find matches more easily. We do not expect that this will impact the majority of players. In rare instances, this may result in matches with a wider variance in skill, i.e. more of us will get our asses kicked, but the connections to our ass kickers will be good. The connection-based emphasis implemented by Hotfix2113 is still in effect. The change applies to a small percentage of our players who are having a hard time finding a match play on. The reason this makes me salt is... They are expanding the skill range so high-level players do not have to search for matches for a really long time. I don't want to open up this can of worms again because we've talked about it forever. Like We've talked about it so stinking much, but it's still I told you guys, it's never going to be just connection-based. They are always going to balance skill-based matchmaking stuff in there, and I don't think it's wide enough. I really don't. I still play (laughs) stinky connection matches, and I don't know. Do, uh,
1: thoughts? Um, I don't think I've played a game that was truly connection-based. Um, even Call of Duty. I think there's still an element of skill-based matchmaking in there. Um, and I just think there, there has to be some major underlying reason they don't do a ranked social split. Um, there what to, is it? Yeah, yeah, we don't know what it is. It's got to be something that happened with playlist populations. Um, but ever since Halo 3, we've mentioned Halo 3, they had ranked and social split. It was awesome. It was so good. So good. And then good. no other game after that had this distinction. Um, and it, it blows my mind. Let's um, just
0: say no other game because League okay. does it. CES. I mean, plenty of other games. But let's say within the, the Halo franchise. Now Halo 5 is basically all ranked unless you want to go play Warzone or BTB, but it, it's not that ranked social distinction. Halo, it's not been... I loved it in Halo 3, and I feel like it would fit so stinking well within Destiny, but like you said, there's got to be a reason why. And if somebody knows that reason, tweet us, because I'd love to read some good, compelling <laughs> reason why ranked and social distinction doesn't work.
1: Yeah. Even with Destiny, if you just put ranked control with And social control. I think it would be a lot better even though you know, it's not going to be competitive or Balanced or whatever because all the supers whatever I just think it would be really nice to have that Full connection based matchmaking system in place for people who just want to play Good games good connection games instead of having to deal with you know that lagger even though you are both top 1% in the crucible. I think uh, having that social distinction would be very beneficial my my
0: feelings also aren't ungrounded. All over Reddit the last few weeks, people with NetDuma routers, they can see the regions of the people who are connecting to them. And these are players who are ranked, like, between DTR40 and, like, 50 on Destiny Tracker. They're playing people, like, if you're a North American, getting folks in Europe and Mexico and Australia in a single game, and you can see, like, these multiple regions still connecting internationally, and it's like, how? How? how that is not prioritizing connection. If you're playing somebody in Australia, there is a big latency there, like a 300 to 500 MS latency, depending on the connections. So I don't know. I don't want to talk about this anymore. We've talked about it so much. Training arena. A guy on one of my YouTube videos named Kenneth Shrum, or Shroom sent this idea to me, and I'll read it here. The goal is to have a training arena in Destiny 2, it would be a cool idea, to develop some sort of guided tutorial system that takes players from the basics of PvP through more advanced topics, with repeatable skill drills to help perfect abilities. Target acquisition, engaging, disengaging, taking cover, utilizing, vertical space, learning the maps, loadouts, effective use of supers and radars... I thought this was a fantastic idea, and I just wanted to bring it up for a second. How cool would it be in Destiny 2 if there was some mode where a new player could practice against AI combatants that were pretty easy? Or your idea, which was
1: like, well, it'll explain you know, your idea of like the different modes and stuff. It, it it made me think of Titanfall. Titanfall had this, quote, story mode that made you play through all the multiplayer maps um, as it guided you through how to do different aspects of the game Um, and then after that it was just all multiplayer matches Um, but I think it was really cool that you know there's this guided narrator um, kinda like Cortana is in Halo guiding you through the missions or the multiplayer maps how to play control if you have two points don't go for the third one because then you'll flip the spawns and then you won't be able to control the map that's not the point so something like that, or more advanced tactics like a, a salvage um, yeah. scoring tutorial, that would make a lot of sense. Shaq's
0: just briefly telling you, be careful, Guardian, when claiming the point, it can get you in trouble. You said
1: people are boiling over with salvage <laughs> scoring, yeah, right? The, the salvage scoring uh, system is under a lot of scrutiny. So, it has yeah. been for a while, but it's becoming <laughs> a little bit more prominent in the community just um, shut those points down Don't but yeah shacks or uh, lord saladin or another iron lord mm-hmm. or cade narrating uh, tutorial tips to you through a multiplayer tutorial mode let's go back to halo 3 they had basic training levels 1 through 5 new players or like 1 through 10 experience points whatever new players go into this game mode to learn how to play the multiplayer game that would yeah. make a lot of sense
0: very good Well, thank you for the idea, Kenneth. I hope that we see something like that or some tools for new players for Destiny 2 because if you're a brand new FPS player and you're just thrown into the gauntlet, I bet you're wanting something other than patrol to practice. And I remember Black Ops 1 had uh, the combat training where you could just play multiplayer against AI bots. And I remember if the internet would go out
1: or if I'd be in a place without internet,
0: I'd just play that because it was fun. The cool thing about
1: that was it actually looked at your friends list and gave the ai bots your friends yeah. names <laughs> that was cool and i was playing I with uh, sanic that. just 2v8 or whatever yeah and one of her friends actually joined the other team so no way <laughs> it replaced one of the names with it with his actual gamer tag and hmm. um i didn't notice until the after the game was done because he wasn't that great um, but still <laughs> it was it was really cool because like oh yeah I just no scoped campy or whatever in Halo that would be really cool
0: alright I did want to talk about the division and we're already at our 30 minutes but I briefly just very briefly my experience I got to level 38 doing dark zone stuff it is not Like destiny from a gameplay perspective endgame is not like destiny endgame in the division you have challenges which is kind of like a nightfall mission where you play through a mission and it's just a lot harder you have dailies that you can do and the daily missions award you Phoenix credits which is like PvE money to buy gear and then there's dark zone it's a lot more like Diablo than it is an MMO light at endgame there is no raid or dungeon activity right now come April the incursions patch which everybody gets for free brings incursions which is supposed to be some endgame PvE activity some people think it's going to be like a raid I don't I think it's been going to be similar to dungeons I don't think it'll be as involved uh, as a raid system but I say it's more like Diablo because there is a r- gear rerolling station where you will try to re-roll the stats on your particular piece of gear it's much more like Diablo And while I did enjoy it, and it's been a nice break, I'm going to be honest with you guys, it really showed me how much I like Destiny's gameplay. (laughs) Every one of Destiny's enemies, whether it's Thrall, Cabal, Vex, they all are unique and play differently. They all have different mechanics to them. Whereas in The Division, I found there to be three enemies throughout the whole thing, three enemy types. Guys who run at you with a club or an axe, they run straight at you and they try to flush you out of cover. Then there's guys who try and shoot at you, and then there's snipers. And everything is just a variation of that. All the bosses that you fight are some big fat guy who slowly walks towards you with a big chain gun or flamethrower, and you just have to kite him around the map. He does way more damage to you than you do to him. And it showed me in so many ways, dude, Destiny's actual gameplay loop, I adore. I'm not saying it's overly negative with The Division. I'm just saying they're so different. They're so 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 different. If you are a Destiny player looking for something new, I'd say give it a try. But do know it's it's kind of a slog to get to end game. Dark Zone, love it. But if you want to do level 30 Dark Zone stuff, it took me I think 22, 23 hours to hit level 30. So it is more investment in the character than Destiny. That's my only little spiel. If you have any questions about Division, Diddy, or no, we can wrap I mean it up. I
1: only played the beta. I didn't pick up the Division um, because playing my the beta I. Really, I was like, "Is this what I'm going to be doing the whole game?" Because I don't like it. <laughs> uh, personal preference of mine. I just don't like third-person shooters as much. Um, Gears of War is all right, but I'm never good at it. So, but third-person shooter, I was like, "You're right about the, the character types." I didn't. I couldn't picture how Endgame in the Division is going to be. And I'm like, if it's just going to be like, it's not. It's futuristic, kind of. But it's not aliens and with the setting limits like destiny, you can have more Vault of Glass style raid concepts. You can have oracles and time gates and other things. I think that aspect of Destiny, I think that makes it really unique because it's fantasy. It's sci sci fantasy. Mm -hmm. And you can just have more fun with it. With the division, it's kind of locked in human earth. It's it's the stuff. realism, the setting of realism that it is the limits of the realism. enemy types. And I just I just couldn't picture myself in Endgame. Like I'm like I'm trying to design a raid for the division in my head, and I can't do it without sweeping clear a building. You just know? wait till you fight a guy for five minutes with
0: four <laughs> people pouring clip after clip into a guy Foda. who's wearing a hoodie, diddy. A hoodie. He's not even <laughs> in a mech suit. And you're like, this is this is so silly. I want to say one thing though, the art team deserves. A huge award. The amount of detail in this city, unbelievable. Unbelievable. There have been some uh,
1: comparison um, shots like real life New York and the division New York, and it's pretty accurate.
0: It's exceptional. If you are somebody who appreciates that, it is worth buying just for exploring the city. It is exceptional in the art department and the tone and the, and the weather and all that stuff. But I think we should wrap up today's show. Where can people find Yo content?
1: Twitter.com slash D-I-T-T-Y D-T-S and YouTube.com slash Wooshness W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S Go to DestinyTracker.com for all the best stat tracking stuff in the Destiny universe.
0: You can find us on DestinyTheShow.com You can also find a link to our clan page. We're getting pretty big over there. We got a lot of clan members, so shoutouts. You can follow us at DestinyTheShow on Twitter. Same thing with Twitch. You can follow me at BBKDragoon, same name on YouTube. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Good luck to those facing off in the Resolute Bounty, and we'll see you guys next week.